0: Father, we do come to You now as we open Your Word, asking that through Your Holy Spirit You would open our hearts, our minds, to receive from You what You have for us this morning. We ask, Lord, that You would speak to us through Your Word this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. 10th chapter of Matthew, verses 24-31. through 31. Verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whisper, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more value, you have more value than many sparrows. A Scripture that has a, quite a lot to say there. And if you're not careful as to how you look at it, it could uh, could kind of in, be intimidating there. So let's go through it together this morning. And, and the emphasis is, is the idea that there is fear in mission. There is fear in, in, in walking with the Lord. But the idea of fear comes in two different directions. There is fear in the sense of fear and trembling, but it's not the kind of fear we're supposed to have. And then there is again that fear where we rest with a confidence that the God of all creation is our Savior. And we come before Him in awe and wonder, in a, in a fear that is of His majesty and His glory. And, and so uh, we will look at both sides of that this morning. And Jesus starts off here as He's talking to His disciples. He says, A disciple's not above His teacher. You know uh, basically saying you know a student's not above his his teacher uh, a, a slave is not above his master uh, and, and if anything the the goal is to be like your teacher or to be like your master and and I was thinking as as I was looking at that of Luke chapter six verse forty where it says that that a student will be like his teacher, become like his teacher. And I don't know if you've ever looked at that and thought about that, but that is a very powerful and important statement, especially for parents well, and grandparents as well and teachers, uh, Sunday school teachers. uh, It doesn't matter pretty much, I guess, for everybody. It's an important statement, even even if you don't have children at home, that children will become like their teachers. People will become like their teachers. Who is teaching your children? I think that's extremely important to consider. And uh, it means that you know, we as parents are called to be involved in what's going on in our children's lives, no matter where they are. You know, The tendency in our culture today is to kind of take that road of, oh, we send our kids off to school, whether it's a Christian school, a public school, a, it doesn't matter. And kind of like now it's their responsibility. And we just kind of step back. And that 's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that, as parents it's our responsibility to look at our at, at what 's going on for our children, and are we instructing our children as well in the ways of the Lord? go to deuteronomy chapter six and and re, read that and telling us about in the morning in the after, and in the daytime at nighttime uh are you showing your children the way of the Lord? are you teaching them the things of God and so This idea of of a student will be like his teacher is what what Jesus is basically saying. We'll never we're not to be above our teacher better than but to be like him. And I was trying to think in terms again of that of what it means for us. How how do we know when we are, uh, you know, someone is, you know, someone could say, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. Or I'm, you know, the Pharisees were saying they were a follower after God. But yet they didn't even understand the scriptures that they were teaching in the sense of how it applied to Jesus. And as a result, we're missing it completely. Uh, So we can say almost anything that we want in reference to our walk with God and and, and say, oh, I'm a Christian. In fact, I was again looking, you know, some of the surveys show a vast majority of the people in the United States consider themselves Christians. Yet the vast majority of the, of the people of the United States are not involved in church or, or uh, you know, involved in, in, in active faith. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing to, to hear it say, oh, I'm a Christian, but oh, well, what does that mean? Well, my, my grandparents, my parents, they all believe in God. I believe in God. But the idea to be like Him, to become like your teacher... Uh, is is a far more specific thing, and we're given a couple of of, of of pictures, if you will, of what it is to be like our teacher, for instance, in Galatians chapter uh, five verses uh, twenty two twenty three twenty four the fruit of the spirit if we are becoming like our t- teacher, then there's a sense of gentleness and kindness. And, and love that is coming forward in our lives. We care about the people around us. Philippians chapter 2 says that we're to have the mind of Christ. We're to think like the Lord. Well, how is that? Well, to put others ahead of yourself. In fact, very specifically, put God first, others ahead of yourself, and take that position of I'm third. Even to the point of sacrificing uh, the things that that might be your entitlement, if you would say, could say in a sense, uh, according to the to, to the laws of the land or the rules of the the, the the cultures that you're in, but willing to give those things up for the sake of someone else and and seeing them come to the Lord or to see their lives blessed in some way. And so we have this desire to to be like our teacher, and Jesus says that this is you know a disciple is not above his teacher, uh, but it is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher but there's tied to that kind of the idea of and we this was talked about last week too don't be surprised if you are so like your teacher, that you actually think like him and act like him. Uh, well, think of the, 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 uh, the, the apostles in Acts, where just after they healed the, the layman and, and, and they were arrested by the, the Sanhedrin, they said, we could tell these people have been with Jesus. And what was the result of that? They they ultimately ended up getting beaten and and released, and then later on arrested. And and so uh, Jesus is saying, if they, you know, don't be surprised that the world treats you the way they've treated me. Think of how Jesus has been treated. In fact, just prior to this, they called him. You know, he's not teaching; he's healing those people uh, by, by the demonic powers. By the power of Satan, he he he's in league with Beelzebub, uh, the the prince of demons, if you will. He, he's he's you know. So he says, don't be surprised if people label you in a negative way. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter fifteen. He said, you know, as they have have. have Come against me, they will come against you. So we have this picture. He's calling these disciples to ministry. He's sending them out to minister. And he says, you know, uh, the, 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 you know his, his desire is that they will become like him and, and teaching his words and, and instructing the people. But don't be surprised. If there are those who will come after you in a negative way, saying things against you, running you and you think of look at, at, at Paul's testimony, shipwrecks and beatings taken outside and left outside of, uh, of town uh, after and being stoned and, and, and left for dead. Uh, some I've, uh, Some think that he might have actually <laughs> died there and, and been you know, and, but, and, and, and came back alive. What did Paul do, by the way? As soon as he got up, he went right back into into the town. Where did Jesus first call the disciples to minister? After Pentecost in Jerusalem, isn't that where Jesus had just been arrested and crucified? In other words, he's called us to go uh, and 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 not consider the you know in a sense the 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 danger as to not be intimidated by it not to allow that to stop us do we count the cost yes do we look at it and say this could happen yes but that's not to become a barrier in us going we're supposed to be willing to stand up for the lord in in action and in words and in deeds if you will uh and 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 so that people can see that we're sincere about our faith. And maybe, just maybe, they will ask us. And Peter says to be ready to give your testimony then. So, Jesus calls us to, to, to come in and to, to follow him in teaching, but not to be surprised if people are against us. But then he turns around and, and he says in verse 26, in fact, he says it three times in this passage, Basically, have no fear of them. Have no fear. What I've told you, I want you to go out and, and say. What I've told you in, in, in darkness or quietly, I want you to go out and, and tell people. What I have whispered in your ears, meaning in, in teaching you one-on-one, and, and, and to, I want you to stand on the rooftops and proclaim it. Again, we see that in the book of Acts, a sense of boldness. In fact, when the apostles had been arrested and 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 and, and, and then uh, released, and, and then they went back to the the others uh, that had been praying and 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 joined them. They prayed, and the upper room was shaken again in Acts chapter four. Acts chapter two on the day of. Pentecost, the room was shaken and they were speaking in tongues and uh, the, and, and all that, that happened there. The room was shaken again. But this time it says, and they went out in boldness. Where? Jerusalem. And continued to preach the word. Jesus wants us to read his word, study his word, make it our own in the sense of... of, of, of incorporating it in our lives and be willing to share it with others in fact we are called to share it with others it's interesting that just as i was going through this uh reviewing it again uh, a couple of uh, evenings ago i had just gotten the uh uh the martyrs uh the voice of the martyrs uh, magazine uh newsletter and it was all about a family uh, who had was involved in, in outreach in Afghanistan, and the law the they, they, the the mother uh, involved in medical ministries and 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 was away from the home. The father and the two uh, children, teenagers, boy and a girl, were executed by a Taliban. And you look at that, and you, and and you, you saw they they had to really. Think about that before they went. It didn't stop them. And the reason was is that they, the ultimate p- p- picture was we don't fear what man can do to us. The worst thing that man can do to us is take away our physical life. So Paul would turn around and say, You know, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. The worst thing that a man can do to us is to take away our life. And even in that, we win. We gain. Don't fear man. And in our culture... I was I was trying to to to, to try to think is because here I was reading about this family in Af- Afghanistan. Uh, they were from South Africa, and 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 they had and, and they'd gone to Afghanistan. And I'm thinking in terms of. I've never been put in that position. To have to weigh. That. I don't know how if if anybody here has ever been in a position where they've had to look at it and say. You know, God is calling me into a ministry where there's a sense of danger. Uh, I think of of those who are involved in, uh, again, I'm thinking of the first responders, uh, police and firefighters. They're they're called into danger all the time. And certainly they have to consider the cost as as they go into those professions. But in this sense, the, the going out for Christ. I've really never been asked to put my life on the line. In, in a sense of what we we see in Scripture, in the sense of what we saw in that family, and so I was trying to think of how to uh, to look at this in the sense of of applying it for me personally. And so I, I was trying to, I, I I basically you know started making a list. What things do I fear that can compromise my ministry? In other words, cause me to shrink from my ministry in some way or to shrink from my testimony in some way. I was quite overwhelmed with what the list I could come up with. How sometimes it's just easy to be silent when something inappropriate about the the, in conversation, you know, where people are expressing what they believe in kind of just to say, oh, obviously I'm in a crowd of people who. Don't think the way I think. I'll just be quiet, even though I have the opportunity. And not out of line and not by banging people over the head with the Bible, but just I have the opportunity to say, well, well this is what I believe. I think that one of the things that, that we run, in, and, and I think in a, a natural part of fallen man is to, be in fear, if you will, of the approval of my peers. In other words, to live and act and, and, and do things in a way that I, I, I don't get the disapproval of my peers. And so, again, the, the possibility of, of, of shrinking back. What I need to be praying for is the boldness of Acts chapter 4. To the point where I might even say, Lord, shake my life a little bit. Shake it up a little bit. And, and put the, that that energy and desire to be right where you want me to be for you. Now, I have to confess, though, it's a little easier for me. People kind of expect the pastor to speak in things of biblical terms and faith. But I do know what it's like to be working in the non-Christian environment. Most of my, uh, of a lot of my, my, my work uh, as a non-Christian has been involved in, in, in construction and, and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, you, you get around guys that have different ideas. In fact, it's interesting. Sometimes they'll, uh, I've been in situations where, you know, I walk into a, a a thing. After a while, it's kind of like, oh, well, the stories that are going on and the conversations going on kind of gets sidetracked or stopped, and you wonder, well, you know, what did I do? <laughs> what did I say? And uh, I was in one construction job where uh, I never announced that I uh, that I was also a a pastor and and was in a church in in another town. I was ministering in a church in the other another town. But what happened was, interestingly enough, was that they, they figured out I was a, a Christian and, and I did share my faith with them and this stuff. And then one of them showed up to, uh, he'd started dating a, a girl that turned out to be a girl that was going to the church that I had just started interning, uh, in, uh, doing interim pastor work in. Uh, and and so the next day on the construction site on Monday morning at, at about 5 in the morning, it's very, very quiet. People can hear. And he hollers across the, the, the yard, Hey, Pastor Bob, how are you this morning? And it completely changed my access. You know, in the sense that every place I went, it was kind of like, oh. But, you see, they anticipated. So now, I, I guess in that sense, I'm being shunned. You know, I, I'm being treated differently now because, oh, he's a pastor. But the other side of it is that I'm expected to to to, to speak my faith. So it's, it, it's I, I want to put this to you as, as a challenge. Pray that God would give you the boldness today, tomorrow, this week, wherever it is that He puts you, to be His apostle, His His disciple, His representative, His ambassador for Him and His kingdom. And that God would give you a boldness to speak for Him. Not to have the fear of man. But where it says here to have the fear of God, again, only God has control over all of the, 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 the things. And, and, and He's the only one that has actual control over what happens to our soul. And that's why He puts it the way He does. He says, you know, don't fear man. Put your, you know, rest your fear in God. But again, not in a uh, that negative context, but in a positive sense of He's the one that 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 has control over these things. And think about it, Jesus has said this before. Does God not take care of the 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 the, the birds of the air and the and the, and the, and the, the 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 fields and all of this stuff? You know, He will take care of you, and He uses the picture of sparrows here. And I'd never thought much about the picture of of sparrows in the sense of looking at specifically the bird and its significance here. But I do know that sparrows are small. And the the fact that there's a cost, that they're for sale, means that they're going to do something with them. Now, sparrows are not noted for their their singing. (laughs) They're not like the little... Birds that you you put in your your cage and listen to them sing. they're not known for being like uh, parakeets and parrots and cockatoos and stuff like that where they they mimic things they just chirp and so I'm thinking what's what's the, what are they and they're you they were used for uh, for food can people who were poor could buy two sparrows for for uh, a penny, which would be a small portion of a day's wage and I'm looking at that in my hand in my mind, holding a cooked sparrow and you know ha, ha, you know and and pretty much they they cooked him in such a way you, you pretty just much ate everything i mean it was just uh, i you know he's so he's putting that that, that picture here of. Of, you know, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. In other words, apart from His sovereignty and control over the situation, not one of them falls that He doesn't know about. I was again, it's one of those things you're looking at this and saying, I don't, I, I, I really don't understand. And then you you tie it to it, He even knows. The numbers. Well, it says your hair is numbered. That's so insignificant, and 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 in my way of thinking, unimportant. Who cares? Uh, and 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 quite candidly, it seems more and more that every time I I, I comb my hair, there's less. Is, is he, who who's in charge of keeping the tally? Yeah. But he knows the number of of, of my hair and. Then then it was one of those things that kind of hits you, and as you're reading some other uh, writers and commentators on this, you realize that was the whole point. It is insignificant. Even the most insignificant, unimportant things in the sense of our day-to-day routines, God is aware of, knows, and is is in His sovereignty working out in such a way that, that He is putting us in places where He needs us, wants us. He is including us in the work of His ministry so that we are a part of it. So that we might draw close to Him through it, and and so even the most unimportant things and that we normally think, you know, I, I put it here, the small stuff, even even that God is sovereign over, and it might me start to think about how what it means that He is sovereign, that He is omnipotent, that he, that he, you know He He's He's all knowing, It's just. Uh, and 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 then, coming back to this idea of to have this this fear for him it 's a healthy fear in fact proverbs in in chapter nine, it talks about having a fear of the Lord is the beginning of what Does anybody remember the, the it 's a memory verse for kids you know wisdom, the beginning of really getting an idea of how things come together and what's important wisdom. In the sense of God. Not wisdom in the sense of what's important to the world. But what is important in the sense of God comes with understanding who God is. And, and that idea of coming to Him with a, a surrender and an acknowledgement. Only you, God, are in control. Only you, God, are, are worthy of my praise. Only you, God, do I worship. By the way, when we begin to understand that, we have that confidence. And you hear me speak about this often, but it's because I'm so always overwhelmed by it where where the writer of Hebrews says that we have the confidence to approach the throne of God through what Christ has done for us to call on His mercy and His grace. People have just kind of use that scripture for a lot of other you know, meanings about having confidence in approaching God and asking for things and whatever. But it's the idea of uh, the God of all creation is my Savior. He says, I can, through the blood of Christ, approach Him and rest in His mercy and His grace. Even in the most insignificant things, He is concerned about my well-being. What is being established here is that, that he, he, he comes to that, that point in, in verse 31. He says, again, fear not. Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And, and what he's, he's pointing out here is, is that there is a sense of value that God has put on us. We are more important than we are more, you know, we have a, 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 a drawing to God in the sense of that approaching His throne through the blood of Christ, and that confidence that we can plead, you know, cry for His mercy and His grace to come on us, that that God will give it to us. He is, you know, He's put a value on us that is extremely high, and I started to look at this and saying, well, how high? How big? Well, according to Ephesians chapter uh, two, well, I was a, a, a sinner going around and doing everything wrong, and and through the blood of Christ, He receives me. He forgives me. Romans chapter eight says, uh, chapter five, uh, verse eight says. That God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much what's the value that God has put on us? That he would empty himself, going back to Philippians chapter two, that he would empty himself of of of, and and become like a man, even to serve us as a man. Even to die for us as a man on the cross, in His perfectness to cover our sin, and as we recognize that value that God has put on us through His through through Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, and all of that that signif- sig- signifies to us, and the awesomeness of what it is, we we realize that the, the, that value is is something we need to respond to and we will actually will respond one way or the other we'll either come to it or we'll walk away from it people that walk away from it are the ones that that will turn around and and kind of reject you if you walk it walk towards it I don't know how many of you have have uh, possibly experienced where where you, you had a, a group of friends, people that you uh, were close to, and as you became a Christian, that, that friendship was severed. It's kind of a, an overwhelming thing to have happen. Uh, or to have your you know, family members, in, in my sense it was, it was very minor in compared to what others that I know have experienced. But my dad, he just, he just was. Uh, I think, you know, well, ultimately, I know because his after he'd passed away, his secretary had told me, you know, that that uh, he was concerned that I was in a cult, you know, uh, you know, and that, you know, I I was going to church, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays, Bible study at somebody's house at other times, and 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 then giving money and time. And, and and he just and, and it put a, a kind of a barrier between us. I wanted so much for him to 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 have what I had, and he says, "Well, if it works for you, but you know, I don't want anything to do with it." Kathy and I, uh, we we lost a, 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 a friendship. We uh, kind of knew that it might happen, but we went back to Paradise to visit them, and we found out that. From that point on, we weren't welcome in their home anymore because we'd become Christians. So there is a sense of of suffering that anybody might go through, maybe at your work, maybe in your family, maybe amongst your friends, where they're saying, we don't want anything to do with that. Well, the only way that they're going to know that it's there is because you have done what Jesus said here You've taken what God has said to you quietly, and now you're proclaiming it. Now you're you're. It's kind of like I want to shout it from the rooftops. We have all sorts of worldly love songs about about that. I want to sh- run down the street and shout the love of, of for someone, or or from the rooftop. But the idea of, of of having that 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 desire to to shout to the world the awesomeness of the God who saved you. To have the, the desire to, to not only confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God the, the God, the one raised from the dead, who died on the cross for your sins, but to also acknowledge Him and to lift Him up in such a way that, that other people hear about it. When we come to communion... That's one of the things that we are are saying even here. We're acknowledging as we share in communion. We are acknowledging what we have done already. Confessed with our heart or mouth and believed in our heart who Jesus Christ is. Communion is something that is shared by those who have a, a faith in Christ to acknowledge what He's done for us in remembrance of what He's done for us. In fact, that's how He set it up. He said, at the supper on the night that he was betrayed, he was saying, this bread is my body. He emptied himself and became man in the flesh. That's what the bread represents. He said, my body that is broken for you, meaning that it's put in harm's way for you. And then the cup, this is my blood that's poured out for you. Life is in the blood, according to Scripture. And the life of Christ was poured out as he, as he shed His blood for us. All so that we could rest with a confidence in His mercy and grace. And come to an understanding that as we do, all the condemnation that our sin deserves is gone. All the, all the condemnation that we deserve is gone. God has put such an, a, a tremendous value on us. I'd ask the, the, the ushers to come forward as we celebrate Christ and, and and his sharing of that awesome value that he put on us, what he's done for us, so that we might be here right now this morning to share in, in, in communion together. Hold the, the the communion until we've all been served and we'll share together. As I already shared on the night that that Jesus shared that that supper with his disciples, the night before his crucifixion, he did indeed take the bread, and and give him this example that as long as we would do this and remember we'd do it in remembrance of him, that this bread would represent his body broken for us. He he had given thanks for it. He broke it. He passed it to the disciples, and he asked that they would eat the bread, each one of them, and 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 doing so acknowledging that we are submitting to that, that we are receiving that, that we are agreeing to that. They didn't even fully understand yet what it was, but today we know He emptied Himself and became our sacrifice. Let's share the bread together. In the way that I reckon things, which you know, would be you know, obviously very, very human, and that would be to say that this, just the fact that He emptied Himself should have been enough, right? I mean, that He emptied Himself and came and, and, and explained you know, grace and, 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 and love. But He couldn't explain grace. He had to do grace. He had to become grace. He had to show us grace because there was a requirement for our sin. The wages of sin death. And it doesn't matter who you are, all us sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us need His grace. And so he said, this cup represents my blood poured out to purchase the covenant of grace. As often as we would do this, we would do it together, remembering Him until He comes again. Let's share the cup. Father, we come this morning again to say thank you, but not only thank you, but Lord, you've opened our eyes, given us the ability to see what you have done for us, to receive your grace, and and to understand your mercy, and 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 as much as we possibly can, and I think of even the song as we it says that you are with us to the end, well, which is. Kind of the, the beginning. <laughs> I mean, you're with us throughout this whole lifetime, but you're with us eternally because of what you've done for us. We get to rest in that truth. And so as we come to you, we come asking you, Lord, to, to strengthen us. Give us the resolve to, to come to your Word, to come to you in prayer, and to, to seek your face. To ask and to to, to to seek and to knock knowing that 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 you will allow us to find and you will open to us and and you will receive us instruct us in your word lord that we might grow stronger in our relationship with you and our testimony to others we worship you we thank you go with us today and 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 help us to be the men and women that you want us to be, where you put us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we, as we close? We have refreshments in the back. Uh, if you have time to visit and share for a few minutes, and uh, again, Lord bless and thank you for being here this morning tonight. Uh, we continue in our class on the, the fundamentals of Christianity, and and uh, if you're wondering, should you come at this point? I would say absolutely, and, 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 and the reality, if, if, if you're realizing, well, I've missed something to fully understand this, you can go to the website and catch up. I, I feel like I'm a commercial for Suddenlink all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, some of you have binged on TV shows, come on, no, so, so, uh, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's been really, really good, and it's been a blessing, so I encourage you to share in it.